Yonata Blue, here once again, socially distanced from... Michael Darling, all the way miles away. And this week we're joined by... Oh, I'm Zach Wilson. I didn't know if I, if I was supposed to wait or not. Hey, guys, thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us, quote unquote. I love how I'm making air quotes when this is a purely oral meme. <laughs> but yeah, we're we're here uh, in the socially distanced episode of Mon Men. Uh, all of us are recording remotely from Hangout, so apologies for the uh, for quality of this episode up front. Um, but, you know, we hope that everybody's staying home and staying safe and following appropriate guidelines for, you know, isolating as much as possible. So we did want to make an episode of the podcast, but we also wanted to do it responsibly. Stay the hell at home. Yeah, it's good. Uh, it's a good response. Um, you know, update from the last episode. I mean, I, I think we mentioned this in the show notes, but uh, obviously at the end of the last episode, <laughs> uh, which we recorded right before I was supposed to leave for Japan, I, I was supposed to fly out. To Japan the morning after the NBA season ended up getting canceled or postponed. <laughs> it's still up in the air what, what the uh, what the final decision is there. Um, but yeah, so I ended up canceling that flight with the news that came out that night with you know LA eventually like summarily being shut down the following weekend. Yeah, we recorded that episode during the last Sunday of the before times. Yeah, and it's a whole new world, and that's why uh, that's why this. This episode is being recorded uh, fully remotely with all of us in our respective uh, dens. So, Zach, how have we're, the past few weeks been for you? I mean, it's, we're, we're all holding up, just trying to keep going. Uh, you know, I, I've been doing some work from home. Uh, I work in production, so it's been a little uh, touch and go in terms of that, but keep them busy. Got, I downloaded Animal Crossing uh, uh, two days ago, and uh, I'm afraid to look at my hours played already, <laughs> but it's uh, it's on there, and it's addictive. I don't know. I, I yeah. gave in. I gave in to the peer pressure of Animal Crossing because everyone's posting about it. Oh, everyone's yeah. My girlfriend and I have been playing Animal Crossing for about you know two or three hours since we got it uh, a week ago. We got mm-hmm. through uh, some very unusual means. Um, yeah, he actually got my copy because I bought myself a copy, and I actually have obsessive compulsive disorder. This is not like I'm not throwing that term around the way other people casually use it. I'm actually diagnosed, and uh, yeah, within three days, I had cleared my island completely of all weeds, trees, and stones, except for exactly thirteen trees stumps that I'd left as a tree graveyard. <laughs> Um, I get those beetles. I had very well, and I had also moved every single wildflower plant from around the island to the main and created a a perfect ring, two flowers thick around the town plaza. And everybody's home had five flowers and two cedar trees on each side. Um, So my 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 island was a uh, was a testament to my meticulous nature and. I, I was telling another friend of mine who also plays Animal Crossing quite a bit. I was like, "Oh, I got a I got a home expansion literally every single day of the game, and I paid off the loan for each home expansion the morning of the loans like thing. Like, so I would harvest enough bells the night before to pay off the loan as soon as it was available in my account." I mean, I've Terrifying. been good so far. Two days in, I've paid off my loan each day for those for those expansions but we'll see if i get through that today or if i find something better to do with my time (laughs) (laughs) meg and i only just got a back room to the house so we're taking our time you can get a back room you can get an upstairs 
And oh, well, big... now that's just, now you're just, like, you're just messing with me. There's no way. <laughs> uh, I've turned, I've turned my island into a, a lost Dharma centric thing it's literally just called the island so that every time anybody talks about it oh you're from the island <laughs> we love it here on the island uh, i named mine skyfall for the james bond thing so it made me feel like i was a clandestine spy anytime i went to like the there you go people met me there you go <laughs> oh you're from skyfall <laughs> well this will definitely come up uh uh later but like i always i the one i initially try to do because i always like try to put i always end up putting marvel stuff into my games is uh, i tried for new lot varia uh but it was too too many letters uh but it that them the naming of marvel characters and stuff also is definitely on theme for pokemon as well yes uh, we're classy here at the soderberg darling household and we named catalina Oh, nice. <laughs> Catalina wine mixer. <laughs> Animal Crossing aside, if you want to tell us about your history with Pokemon a little bit, are you still playing Sword and Shield, or has that kind of been shunted to the side with Animal Crossing? Or You know, I picked it up, like, the day before I folded and downloaded Animal Crossing. Oh. Like, I had played it for a while, and then I put it down for a while, because, like, I haven't had time to game a lot recently. Um, and after I beat, like, the whole game, including the, the secondary thing, I was like, all right, well... I'll pick this up again soon. And then it's just like, where do I even go? Like the battle tower is fun. But I don't know. I was just like, I, I fell away because I was like, I, I beat the story. I can move on with my time. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I've been playing Pokemon since I had Pokemon Blue as like when it first came out. I was uh, I played the trading card game for a long time. Or rather, I tried to get other people to actually play the game, not just trade cards. And it was a futile effort in my middle school. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I, I played that. I played silver and gold and then I didn't pick up. Honestly, I didn't really pick it up again, except to like play the old games until sword came out or I did okay. let's go Eevee as well. But that was a nostal just a nostalgia trip. So you had like 600 new Pokemon out of the gate in this new game, basically. Uh, isn't, isn't it capped at 400? Uh, uh, yeah, but my point being, like, you had all of these new monsters. Oh, yeah, it was, it was so many new things. I just, I don't know what that is. What is that thing? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Some of it I'd before. seen before just through osmosis of pop culture, but a lot of it was completely new. Yeah, I mean, I feel like these new forms, especially specific to the Galar region, were hyped up even more than the Alolan forms were. Like, people went crazy for every new form. Like, wheezing with a top hat, that was a whole fucking day on uh, on Twitter. Oh, I mean, who's that our was... favorite Pokemon here at Monmen? Sorry, what was that? Who's our favorite Pokemon here on Monmen? Uh, Duck with Stick. Thank you. That's my favorite, hey. actual, my actual favorite Pokemon, though. Ah! Yeah, <laughs> uh, Farfetch'd was always my favorite Pokemon. Like back to the original game, I, I think I just liked the name, and he looked funny when I was a kid. I was just like, his name is Farfetch'd. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, it's yeah. a word. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I was gonna like I would have normally defaulted to Shield because of Captain America, I probably. Uh, <laughs> but I picked up Sword for two reasons. One. Because surf surfetched is the most ridiculous thing in the world. Uh, <laughs> it's so absurd. But also the well, as soon as they said the names of the the mythical, the two mythic character uh, mm -hmm. Pokemon, and one was Zacian. I was like, well, I can't. Oh, yeah. 
I'm Zach. His name is Zach. I have to get that one now. You just you wrote my name into it. Okay, sort it is. Uh, but really, I just I wanted surfetched. Yeah. Did you get Zach in? Because you said you were done. Like I thought I heard that the mythic Pokemon from this one that are on the cover are technically post game. Yeah. Like, oh, I was including that in like the story part of the game. Like I beat that whole thing. I I went. I tore through all of the story and then was like, wait, what do I do now? It's like they yeah. didn't give you a god level Pokemon to beat the elite four with this time or whatever it is. Yeah. It, it was and like he's Zachian's like powerful, but it's. Uh, I I rotated him out of my main six, I think, recently. Uh, oh, mainly because I already had a fairy type that was my strongest mm. Pokemon, so I didn't need another to run to to, to play alongside him. There's too many fairies. It sounds well, offensive. Well, we've got some fairy type. That, we've got a fairy type to discuss today, but uh, well, no, we've got mixing it up. Um, we have dark and psychic and other fun stuff, but we'll get to that in due time. In the meantime, uh, I'm up for a little game. Yes. Uh, Zach, would you like to play a game of Mon Mom with us? I absolutely would. It is built into the structure of the show. <laughs> it's a running joke that I keep saying that one of these weeks, somebody's going to outright refuse, and I'm just going to award the point to whoever doesn't. Um, but right now, uh, we... So Mon Mom is the game that we start off every episode with. I've sent my mom a picture of one of this week's Pokemon. Uh, so this week, we're going to be discussing Sunkern and Sunflora. Yanma or Yanma, I don't know how you guys want to pronounce that. Uh, Wooper and Quagsire, Espeon and Umbreon. You know, what, first up, uh, preliminary for the game. How do you guys pronounce? Is it Yanma or Yanma? I've never heard it pronounced, but I've always thought it was Yanma for some reason. I like Yanma. That sounds yeah. a bit more natural. I'm trying to imagine in my head how a Japanese accent would say it, and I I think it would be Yanma because I don't think there's like a there's not a sharp A. Yeah, I think I, I think I defaulted to saying Yan just because I was thinking of Yams earlier. Um, <laughs> oh, I was rewatching Community. I watched the Yam episode very oh. But anyway, so those are the Pokemon. She's going to describe one of them and give it a name. Uh, we'll have Michael Darling guess first, so that way the Zach, you can either play defensively and copy his guess because you don't have a weird simpatico link with my mom that makes him very good at this game. Oh yeah, I do. <laughs> or you can branch out and be aggressive and pick something else. All right, let's see. What, let's see what it is. All right, let's do it. This Pokemon looks like an animated squirrel. I will name it Ostara. Okay, so an animated squirrel that she's going to name Ostara. Um. <laughs> gonna go with quagsire here it seems the most animated squirrel to me okay i've uh i'll go with uh umbreon all right uh this is a rare case where both of you are wrong it is huh. uh, really i had to send her my favorite little meme boy of the day uh <laughs> is subject of one of my favorite random pokemon tumblr post memes other than gengar is tall enough to have sex with <laughs> i'm but we'll get to him and that meme in a bit. Uh, darling, if you want to start us off with just the uh, Sunkern and Sunflora. All right. Sunkern and Sunflora. They're grass type. That's it. Nothing special. Yeah, I mean. That's, we're that's getting... mean. <laughs> They're special in their own way. I mean, I kind of like, I had this thing where I was like going to say Sunflora looks really doofy. But the one thing that jumped out to me is that does it not look like it belongs in like Toontown and Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Like for yeah. some specifically pick i can almost picture sunflora being in that scene where the detective uh goes to toontown and they're all singing for him 
Oh, yeah. It definitely has one of those Silly Symphony cartoon flower kind of looks to it. Yeah. And it's a very weird thing because you don't really get that kind of like Looney Tunes type of feel from too many Pokemon. But this one definitely feels like it would be at home in that kind of like... I don't even know how, like, how else to describe it. That's specifically cartoony. Yeah, it looks like it can. It's only capable of making baby noises. <laughs> like it can only make sounds like, like it can't except, form words, except for when it's singing for some reason. Yeah, it like it's in the chorus line, and four of them are circling the magical princess as she like wanders through the forest, and all the birds are singing. And- <laughs> it would it would get real angry though like i could see this being like one of those cute creatures that like if, if you make it mad it's gonna like magically just mess you up mm. <laughs> i'm just picturing now i'm picturing a sunflora shaking down somebody that it made like a loan to like it's a loan shark sun <laughs> or sunflora with its arm where's my money bam <laughs> where's my money howard but then it goes back to happily dancing away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now going to have to look up. Just like it looks like it should learn double slap. I want to know if it does. <laughs> the weirdest design choice about this to me is that they gave this flower a paunch. Like it has a little beer gut for a flower. So I'm wondering, like, what is the deal with a flower? Like, I don't know. It's just, it's such a weird design and it's goofy and I actually kind of love it. Like it grows on me the more I think about it and look at it. It's completely out of place though. It doesn't look like it belongs in Pokemon. Yeah. It's very Western. Yeah. And we, and it's one of the weird times that that happens in this kind of design. Like, yeah, it distinctly feels like that kind of like Disney kind of Looney Tunes fusion type of animation. (laughs) Yeah. It seems like the kind of monster that you can easily see doing that uh, like rubber hose animation, 1940s, like constantly bouncing kind of thing, where like the arms and legs are always in motion <laughs> even when it's standing still. <laughs> oh, I man. see, I see that. Like the leaves. I mean, it, you could even justify it. Like the leaves are blowing in the wind. That's why it's always move. It's always moving. Yeah. That uh, that reminds me. Have you ever seen that um that animated short called Rejected? Um, mm. It was like the series of shorts about this animator who kept getting. Yeah, Don Hertzfeld. Yeah. And you just reminded me of the one where like the guy shouting, my anus is bleeding. And all the little kernels are like, yay. (laughs) So it's like a bunch of little sunflowers just shouting, yay. Um, Are either of you guys here gardeners? I I have a garden like hanging on my stoop. Yeah. Because like, so this is, I always, I am always, I love harping on how big these Pokemon are. We were talking about Pseudo-Wudo last episode, mm. and Wudo somehow is only four feet tall, but yet it's able to block a path in the game mechanically somehow, even though it's like smaller than most halflings. I mean, um, four feet is like, for a child especially, difficult to climb over, right? I mean, but you're 12 in the games. Like, you're not, I would like, yes, you're <laughs> But you're not like you're not like a toddler that you're that keeps falling over on his butt. Well, I mean, if you put a four foot petrified wood uh, stone basically uh, in the middle of your path, it's going to be hard to get around if it's surrounded by other big trees. Okay, fine. I'll give you guys that. I just. I mean, you're also talking about a game where it, the idea of climbing over a basic fence is impossible. <laughs> so. Yeah. There's a lot more things that I'm shocked block the path than a pseudo wudo. Yeah, I mean, I 
it was a really dumb joke I made on Twitter for like two people that would understand it. But I'm playing the Final Fantasy VII remake right now, and I um, and I was joking like hate being a high powered character in a video game with a he- oversized sword who can't get over a knee high fence. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I so this sunflower is only two feet tall, which I don't oh. think I, like. Sunflowers, sunflowers in the like in our actual world, and this is another case. Like, I feel like this is a theme for this generation, where for some reason, almost every episode I've pointed out that the real world bases for certain Pokemon are actually bigger than what they're giving us in the game. For some reason, like for alligator, small, much smaller than actual alligators in our world. For alligator, <laughs> um, now we have a sunflower that's only two feet. When sunflowers grow, some breeds of sunflowers grow to be like eight feet tall. Yeah, they're big flowers. I guess that's why it's so squat and has like that pot belly is like it grew out instead of up. Mm. Uh, I can relate to that. Uh, I think we all can right now. I keep telling people like just, you know, I quarantine 15 is a real thing. Oh, I'm going <laughs> to gain the full COVID-19. <laughs> yeah. uh, moving back in the generation, I just I like that they're doing the thing where it's a seed that becomes a flower. I think that's a cute design element that they haven't done before. We've seen like the bulb on Bulbasaur grow and we've seen Oddish become a full flower, but this is the first time we start with a seed. Yeah, which I thought was great actually. And weirdly enough, Sunkern does not have the same kind of weird design style discrepancy that Sunflora does. It very much looks like an anime version of a seed that I can see powering up Super Saiyan. It's got like the little spiky hair. (laughs) <laughs> well, when it was a when it was a teenager, it sort of just like realized it it wasn't being true to who it was. It was kind of more <laughs> aggressive than it needed to be, and it just loosened up and decided, you know what? I'm in college now. I'm gonna live free, everybody. Everybody, this is me. Uh, <laughs> and it just gets that's why that has that big smile because he finally came out as the person that uh, it was always meant to be. And the person he is is just a happy-go-lucky, paunchy sunflower. And I fucking love it for him. Yeah. <laughs> really on him. He really bloomed. Yeah. The other weird Ugh. trivia Pokemon is that apparently Meowth in the show regularly uses Sunflora as a disguise, which it's super cute seeing Meowth's face in the center of the uh, Sunflora thing. <laughs> yeah. We'll include a photo of that in the show notes because it's a good image. Does that mean he skinned a Sunflora? To wear as a, a bodysuit? Absolutely. I wonder. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking more he sewed one, but you know, this makes me think about one of the weirdest moments in any recent movie I can think of. In the movie Zootopia, the Disney release from 2016, uh, we have a whole thing where there's a fox who's supposed to be a child who's dressing as an elephant because he's super into elephants. But the weird thing is, elephants are people too in that universe. So is that blackface? <laughs> yeah i hadn't thought about it that way because they like that movie really when you really try to actually deconstruct what that movie is saying about race and prejudice and stuff like that it starts to really collapse in on itself it's a that's a messy world to deal i mean like i guess when you have like an infinite number like there's hundreds of how many different animals are there on the planet yeah. Like dividing them all, like I think that it became. It's like no, we're just like we're on the same 
Left. Oh no, it totally. Yeah, it totally is. No, there's no, there's no way around it. It's offensive. That's offensive <laughs> to elephants. I was trying to find a way to justify it because I didn't want it to be. I wanted it to be cute and nice and Disney, but no. I mean, the no. best I can think is if the animals in that movie are more supposed to be like ethnicities than races, and it's like the little fox is wearing the equivalent of a sombrero by wearing an elephant costume. Yeah, but that's but still that, bad. Oh yeah, no, I agree. I was. Yeah, still appropriating an ethnicity. Like, yeah, it's very odd. That's the that's the white guy who goes to Cabo and starts asking everybody to refer to himself as to refer to him as Pedro while he's over there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. That sort of infuriation aside, I'm a fan of these guys. I mean, they're nothing special, but you know, straight up grass types are few and far between. Like we normally get grass fused with something else. Yeah, uh, this is our fourth and no, our fifth and sixth, I think. I have, oh, so I, have, so yeah. I, usually, I have the same problem when I try to buy from a dealer. Uh, my grass is always <laughs> infused with something else. Uh, I'm going to disagree. Like, I think they're cute, but they're so goddamn boring. Like, yeah, they're straight up grass type, but you know, there's nothing interesting about them other than they're cute. They're dex fillers. They don't have an unusual mechanic. It's not a new typing. It's like no special interesting moves. They're just kind of there. Yeah, I would never add these to a party. Yeah, I mean, I think the the seed to plant concept of evolution is really cool. Yeah. Um, I mentioned that I was a fan of the, like, at least conceptually a fan of the bug-type Pokemon from Gen 1 that had a larval state as an evolution because um, it was so reflective of actual biology. So I think this is a pretty cool concept. I just think they didn't do enough with it. Um, but they, I would like it if they revisited the whole idea of actual life cycles um, as opposed to things just getting bigger or spikier. <laughs> uh, I mean, I get bigger and spikier as I get older. Uh, but yeah, darling, I always love it when you tell me about uh, about Pokemon diets. Uh, so yeah. Go ahead and tell us about Spirit. God, I love when the Pokedex brings up what Pokemon eat. Uh, so it seems Spiros eat Sunkerns because there are multiple Pokedex entries that reference Sunkerns falling from the sky because they, quote, violently shake uh, their leaves when Spearows attack them. Uh, and Sunkerns are on average four pounds, so one falling on you is going to leave a mark. Sunkerns, on the other hand, survive exclusively on morning dew, apparently. Hmm. Yeah, this made me realize that for whatever reason, I have falsely, I've had a false equivalency of Spearows mm -hmm to uh, crows and ravens for some reason. So, which, yeah, I, I can't explain why. Like, I just realized, like, reading your note on that, I was thinking, shouldn't Spiros be carnivorous because crows actually will eat meat and carrion? And then I realized, oh, wait, why do I think that a Spiro, which hmm. is closest to Sparrow, would be modeled after a raven or crow? Do we have a raven or crow Pokemon? Uh, in... The most recent generation, there is a crow. Yeah, you've got a... Well, the, the top one is Corviknight. Yeah. Because um, I had him in my party for a while. I know okay. that. But I forget what it started as. Uh, but Corviknight's a fun a fun bird. It's It runs a taxi service now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, it's Rookie D is the base form, That's then Corviskyre and Corviknight. I like that. I kind yeah. of had gone with Craven for one of the stages. Hmm. But I'll take uh, I'll take I'll take Rookie I'll I like that. Yeah, I mean, like a, a steel bird is useful. It's, oh yeah, it's good Pokemon. But uh, yeah, 
these guys aren't very useful. Do we have any closing thoughts on the uh, on the Sunflower Boys? Uh, Vol's using the Sunstone. I just wanted to throw that little bit of information out there because it's a stone evolution. That's mm. interesting. I think this is only the second, and I think one of only two Pokemon so far that evolve using Sunstone. Yeah, and you've got to throw away an evolutionary stone on a trash Pokemon to turn it into a slightly less trash Pokemon. Yeah, unfortunate when that happens. Yeah, you hate to see it. And the shinies are boring too. Like it's just the same, but a little different. Like I think Sunkern's a little bit more tan, and Sunflora is a little more faded. My right. my only uh, last thought on this would just be: uh, you would have to cut off my ear to get me to want to use these sunflower Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> That's an art history joke. Uh, yeah. If you didn't get it, uh, I'm sorry. Go read a book. Uh, Van Gogh read a book. Ha ha. Ah, it was there. I had to do it. <laughs> um, what you know? What else is there? Uh, Yanma, which I, which is a, which I'll, I mentioned in the notes. This is another Pokemon that I completely forgot existed. Um, it's highly forgettable. It's, I, I mean, we're start. We're the, this episode is definitely backloaded in terms of the cooler Pokemon. But it's a bug and flying type. It's boring even after just a generation and a half in terms of the typing. Um, the one interesting thing is the guy is its size, which is the fact that it's a four foot long dragonfly. It eventually gets an evolution, which is also similarly underwhelming, but we'll talk about that in Gen Four. Um, yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. It's a dragonfly. See, this one. <laughs> That's yeah, literally is. <laughs> yeah, just a dragonfly. <laughs> yeah, I mean this guy's boring, but I like it. Like it's a lot. It's got. For some reason, the cuteness points work a lot more for me on this one than on the sunflowers. Hmm. Like, there's something about that little face that is kind of just like, yeah, I'm a dragonfly. Hello, good to see you. That's all I do. That, you know, endears me to it. Especially because there's an animation that has where it just kind of tilts its head a little bit to one angle. And hmm. it's clearly just giving that, hello, I'm just here. Happy to be here. I mean, that's one of my favorite things to see any dog do is when a dog gets like slightly confused and they do the head turn to the side. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I had to, I did find, I did remember one thing endearing about gigantic dragonflies, but this is me outside <laughs> of Pokemon lore. I don't know if you guys ever had these trading cards at your local comic book stores growing up or if you went to local comic book stores growing up. Um, but there was this trading card set called When Dinosaurs Attack. And it was just like this set of 100 cards uh, released depicting a story of a time portal opening up in New York and dinosaurs pouring out of it and attacking the city. And one of them depicted a giant prehistoric dragonfly eating a child's head. Wow. What? Yeah. There's a link to it in the show notes. Uh, it is absurd. This whole thing is nuts. Um, there's one, my favorite card from the set is not the dragonfly though. There's one, uh, that said like little Timmy fights back or whatever. And it's literally like an eight year old kid firing a bazooka at an Alice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love yeah. that. Yes. Yeah, just a, just a heads up for those of you guys. And like looking at it in the notes, this was released back in the 1980s. So the dragonfly picture does have the world trade center in the background. That's the weirdest trading card game I've ever heard of. <laughs> um, I feel like it was in the same spirit as Mars Attacks, but, you know, a little bit weird because it was dinosaurs in a time portal. There's a lot more world building you have to set up rather than just the Martians have finally invaded. 
Oh yeah, this one was just. They, I don't think there was anything explaining where the time portal came from, but I never had the full set. Is um, this the I, predecessor to We're Back? <laughs> oh god. Uh, I've never seen We're Back, but there was one night where I was drinking with a friend, and he made me read the plot summary of it, and it's the most absurd movie I've ever heard of. I fuck I I loved that movie. Can I swear on this podcast? I didn't ask ahead of time. Oh, I fucking loved that movie as a kid. Uh, and I tried to rewatch it at one point. It was on like Hulu or somewhere. And I was like, oh, my God, we're back. And I think I watched the first few minutes of it and was just like, what the <laughs> hell am I watching? And it's one of those movies that I don't necessarily I'm afraid to like really revisit it as an adult, because I don't want to spoil my childhood memories. Because uh, I've done that with a few movies where you just start watching and you're like, oh, what was wrong with me? Why? Yeah. Why was I obsessed with this thing? Uh, luckily, Pokemon yeah. hasn't been that thing yet. But I, but eventually, maybe I'll get to that point where I'll just be like, Come on, 32-year-old Zach. What were you doing? <laughs> I, mean, I is... need to share the opening paragraph of the Wikipedia plot summary for We're Back because it is insane. In present-day New York, an eastern bluebird named Buster yep. runs away from his siblings and he meets an intelligent orange tyrannosaurus named Rex who is playing golf. He explains to Buster that he was once a ravaging dinosaur and proceeds to tell his personal story. So this whole thing is a frame narrative about a dinosaur on a golf course telling a bluebird to go back to his family. I forgot about that part of the movie. <laughs> that shit sounds like an arcade fire song. <laughs> <laughs> now, fuck, now I'm going to, you know what? We're all locked away in quarantine. I'm going to find this movie and rewatch. We're back. I'm go looking ahead. at the cast list and based on the fact that it's a 1993 movie, like, I'm honestly surprised that Whoopi Goldberg isn't in it. Because John Goodman is a star because 1993. Uh, but, yeah, it's weird. The other <laughs> cast members are also insane. Because, like, Jay Leno, Julia Child, uh, Rhea Perlman, which I guess makes sense a little bit. Larry King as himself. <laughs> and then my personal favorite, as the inventor who brings the dinosaurs to the present, Walter Cronkite, the most trusted name in news, Walter Cronkite, is a voice in this movie. <laughs> like, yeah. I know, um, what I want to know is, so regarding the Whoopi Goldberg thing, I wonder if it's kind of like a, uh, a Sean Connery situation. Was she asked to be in the movie and turned it down and then decided to do that other Rex movie that she was in where she was like a cop? With oh, a Theodore Rex. There you go. Oh, or did Theodore Rex come first and scare her away from this movie? <laughs> Or it's, I, I always imagine that they got offered both around the same time. You're like, well, I can't do two dinosaur movies. <laughs> I mean, that is kind of, oh, so Theodore Rex came after this. So I wonder if she, because I mean, the dinosaurs were so hot in the early 90s. So I think yeah. everybody's going to cash in on it. Because well, uh, this is November 93 and Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park was, was 94, wasn't it? Um, no, Jurassic Park was 93. June of 93. Both of these Universal releases, I might add. So Universal went all in on dinosaurs in 93. This was the uh, the thing of like, this was, oh, because this is one of those things where it's like you go to the movies and you're like, all right, we're all going to see a dinosaur story. Kids go that way. Adults go that way. <laughs> and we'll meet up afterwards. 
because uh, I definitely did that with like where uh, half of the family would go see a different movie. It's uh, it's mm. almost unfathomable now because I just like you would just wouldn't do it. But that's what it was. It was like we're going to a movie today. We're not going to like see this movie. We're just going to a movie and we'll see what's there. Yeah. Sorry, I just read something that's completely insane. The f- screenplay for this was written by John Patrick Shanley who won the Pulitzer and the Tony for his screenplay for Doubt, which is an amazing play and movie, and then won a screenplay Oscar for Moonstruck. And he also wrote We're Back, A Dinosaur Story. Sorry, that's We're Back, Exclamation Point, A Dinosaur Story. What a career. Um, So insane. I mean, I do want to point out, speaking of this period that we've kind of identified here, 1993 to 1995 being like the heyday three years for dinosaur properties, uh, it made me think of The Land Before Time, another Mm -hmm. famous dinosaur franchise. The original Land Before Time came out in 1988, well before this boom. And then they started making the sequels and released one pretty much every year after 1994. So... Land for Time had left well enough alone for half a decade, and then because of this boom, they went back. Yeah. Land Before uh, Time was in 1988? Damn. Yeah, yeah there if was a wanna, in the first one in the sequel. If you want to see the most 1990s image ever, please Google the uh, cover for the 1992 SNES game Dino City. Oh. <laughs> I remember that game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It is the most 90s thing. I love every detail on it. So I have one last thing I want to say about We're Back! Exclamation point, a dinosaur story. Uh, it says here on Wikipedia, the film was originally promoted with John Malkovich listed alongside Cronkite, Goodman, Child, Leno, and Martin Short, but he did not appear in the final version. <laughs> Land Before Time, so this does a, a conversation I had recently with a good friend of mine. Uh, what, do you guys have a favorite Don Bluth film? Because I didn't even realize Land Before Time until looking it up now that it's a Don Bluth film. But uh, but I think it might be up there. But Rock-A-Doodle just still stands as my favorite purely because of the music. I don't think I've ever seen any actual Don Bluth independent films. Huh. Yeah. I think Land Before Time, All Dogs Go to Heaven. Uh, American Tale yeah. is his, right? Yeah. I mean, I yeah. grew up on that. Like, yeah, I, I, I have to say American Tale. It's great. I mean, American Tale, yeah, it was, I mean, it was very, it was terrifying, but also educational, um, which only Don Bluth could really do. Like, they were the, the Moskowitzes, and, like, my family that came over on the, through Ellis Island were the, were the Moskowitzes. So it's just like, I was like, oh, there's my family as mice, apparently. <laughs> isn't that the same, isn't that the basis for the name of Mouse, the uh, graphic novel about the uh, father telling his son about the... Oh. Uh, Probably um, it, it. I mean, that would track. Yeah, I mean, that's a. If okay. you guys have a graphic novel, it's a two-parter, but it's a great, great story. Um, I have it like literally within reach. Yeah, it's like a much. It's a much. If you enjoyed Big Fish, imagine uh, talking about. Imagine that, except through the lens of retelling historical genocide and uh, confronting history and loss of family members and trauma that way. Um, it's a really brilliantly told. I mean, it's award-winning. If you haven't heard of it, I'm surprised. It, it's uh, the Jews and the Nazis as as mice and cats. And then I think the French people are frogs. That's offensive. I can't remember. If that's it. They definitely no. They had so they had Ameri- They definitely had Americans as like Labradors or something like that. Yeah. We have each nationality or th- like as a different animal because they distinguished the Nazis as cats. But I feel like when 
he meets the Americans or something like that in part two or something, they start showing up as other animals. Let's see. Um, the... Think about how, like, when you just describe it's the Holocaust except for with cats and mice, it sounds really horrible. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't think that premise would work, like, yeah. uh, as a quick pitch, but it's brilliant. Uh, Art Spiegelman is a legend. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. You know what isn't brilliant, apparently? This dragonfly that we just veered away from talking about for the past, like, five What minutes. is there to even say? We also, we started talking about Nazis and, like, the Holocaust. Like, we got real dark there, but, like... Yeah. Uh, the, the the it's boring. It's a boring Pokemon. It's cute. Yeah. Again, all we can really say about it. Do yeah. better. <laughs> As I said, like it wins me over because it is just adorable. But yeah, like it's not. I'd never use it. Um, it does have a great shiny though. Like the, it's blue where it's normally red. So that makes it cool. That at least gives it something. Like it's a really good shade of blue too. Like that. You don't really see blue and green together. This is like a 1990s Seattle Seahawks uniform. That looks uh, even just more just like a real dragonfly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, let's just uh, drop the pretense. This is just a regular fucking dragonfly. Let's yeah. That way. Yeah. So that's it for Yanma. I got nothing more. Um, so here's here's a Pokemon that I think does cute really, really well. Um, and the interesting thing is, is that, that I kind of realized in looking up the info for this Pokemon is that it ends up kind of being... It takes the template for a Gen 1 Pokemon, Poliwag. Uh, Wooper is kind of like a tadpole form for Quagsire. And I love Wooper. Not a big fan of Quagsire. But um, yeah, th it's weird that this is the second kind of quasi-tadpole, arm, like just bipedal, armless amphibian creature that we've met now in two generations. Mm. Um, but I like him because it's, uh, because it's modeled after an axolotl. And it's just extremely cute. And axolotls yeah. are also extremely cute. So, well done, Wooper. Yeah. Uh, diving back a moment. So, Wooper and Quagsire are water slash ground, which is a brand new type combination. We have not seen that before. Yeah, which I also give applause to because it's like, this is an amphibian. So, yeah, water and ground. That just, I love it. After complaining about so many other water types that somehow aren't psychic, even though they have Psy in the name, you'll <laughs> uh, type right. Does make it double week to grass though so don't do that yeah so this is where you know you might be glad that you have a sun current around apparently <laughs> but i mean i think it's a shame that like quiet that when whooper starts off so cute has like commits to this axolotl design it kind of abandons it with quagsire like quagsire just looks like a beaver i guess well i think it's supposed to be a salamander like i think this is supposed to be a larval salamander and then a full-grown salamander not larval but uh um shit what's the word i'm looking for here uh oh i almost wanted to say polywag but that's not yeah that's the pokemon <laughs> uh a tadpole is what you're thinking yes of. thank you yes for some reason the only way that i could remember the word tadpole was to think about kermit the frog Aww. and work backwards i don't that that why was that my go-to but i was just like kermit what was kermit oh yeah he was a tadpole he's saying about tadpoles uh uh i mean these two are they're they're cute like they if they if if Quagsire was effective, like he had good moves, like I'm not super familiar with his like whole deal, but like I could see him being in a in a in a party. Yeah, I think I used a Quagsire in a playthrough of Heart Gold because it's great for knocking out electric types, especially because people will see it and think like, oh, it's a water boy, and then they use electricity and it does nothing. And it's like, what trickery is this? Oh, because ground, like, cancels it out. Yeah. Completely absorbs. 
Yeah, I just still, I can't get over that. I mean, I know it's trying to be a salamander. It just looks, it harkens back too much to being a blue dugong, essentially, to me. It's just a big blue blob. Yeah, yeah that's fair. It looks like an otter. Like, this looks like a blue otter. Like, I could see it, like, oh. with those arms, like, laying on its belly, like, just, like, cracking clams open kind of thing. I see that. Like, and as I soon as that. I, and I, otters are adorable. So as soon as I picture this as an otter, I'm like, yeah, go mess some people up, otter. <laughs> Yeah, but it looks so much more reptilian as a thing, at least to me. Well, it's yeah. got to have, it's got to be something. Yeah. But yeah, it's. I, 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 that's the thing. I like that it, it feels like it's multiple animals combined as opposed to just like a blue version of an animal or like something that's just a shitty looking dragonfly. Not to call out any particular <laughs> Pokemon specifically, but. <laughs> This guy at least is like, oh look, we took a we took an animal, we kind of combined it with another animal, and we changed it to a color that you you probably wouldn't see, uh, and made it four feet tall. Like also when you think that's the other thing, when you th picture that thing at like four feet tall, that is horrifying. <laughs> I want you to picture like a fourth grader and then turn that fourth grader into a plump blue salamander. That is the thing that is coming out of the swamp at you. <laughs> <laughs> Wandering the Everglades. That is terrifying. It's uh -huh. a punchable height, and you should punch it if you see it. <laughs> but it's so stupid. I mean, not saying it's stupid looking. It just is stupid. Uh, Blue, I believe you had a meme you wanted to talk about with Whooper, but I just want to say that in all the Pokedex entries, uh, Quagsire is described as being carefree, and that if it bumps its head on boats or rocks when swimming, it will do so without care. Like, these boys are dumb. It's I think they're adorable, but they're dumb as hell. But it's my favorite kind of lovable idiot. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of the lovable idiot thing and all, like, in comedy. I mentioned, um, before I explain the meme, I mentioned in the notes that the, that Wooper just kind of reminds me of uh, my favorite character from this radio drama that has Roger Allen and Benedict Cumberbatch in it um, called Cabin Pressure. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, it's hilarious. It's great. Um but one of the characters is just the most lovable idiot, uh, Arthur, who, who's the uh, flight attendant on this charter airline with a single private jet to its name. Um, but Wooper just kind of has that same energy where the meme that I love is like this picture of like a gang of Pokemon that are all being swept away in water. And Wooper is just the one Pokemon in there that's just smiling. <laughs> The post zooms in on Wooper's face, smiling while everybody else is struggling and drowning, and he just says, we're going to fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at this now. This is perfect. It's priceless. It's such a perfect thing. Like, I think about it all the time when you have that, like, weird point of, like, being stressed out. You just kind of hit, like, that event horizon in your stress point where you're just like, okay, I'm fucked. Like, I'm just going to let this happen. I'm just going with the flow now. I'm just going <laughs> to... This is hitting way too close to home right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's way too appropriate. Then now I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to go out like Wooper. Like, hey, we're all we're all drowning here in, in the terrible world. There was literally uh, like an hour before we got on uh, an explosion at a power plant a mile away from me. Uh, because why not add some other stuff? Everyone's safe. No one was hurt. Uh, just to be, just to clarify, uh, <laughs> but my power flickered, uh, for a moment and like, it was like, oh yeah, why not add a fireball 
that they captured on a news copter. Why not just add that to everything else going on in the world? Really good thing that California has an infamously stable power grid and power structure. Um, There was a small earthquake like a week or so ago uh, in Riverside that we felt out here in Los Feliz. And I was thinking like, great, we don't need this right now. Can it wait? Could you not? (laughs) I've thought about it. I've thought about the fact like, what if during this yeah, my personal mental health routine for the last like week has been I am exclusively I exclusively go on social media just for memes. I will listen to NPR up first for my morning update and I will listen to their coronavirus podcast that they do that they release in the afternoon for news updates. But unless I see something like trending that is like of national importance just for my own sanity right now, I'm just not following news throughout the day as I normally would. Oh yeah. Um, you gotta, I mean, you gotta stay sane. And I'm cuddling my dog a whole lot more, which she kind of hates. <laughs> um, my dog is not a cuddler or an affectionate dog. In fact, she's been 30 feet behind me this entire time. It's funny to me when other people are saying, like, oh, my dogs are just all over me all the time. And I'm like, I don't know what that's like. <laughs> oh, yeah. Marlo the cat is completely disinterested in us now. But yeah, so I'm a big fan of, uh, of Wooper. Not so much of Quagsire, but hey. We're all, I'm going to nominate Wooper for uh, for mascot for at least this half of the year, um, especially that moment with him. That we yeah, described. that meme is just, uh, it's 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 perfect. Just uh, yeah, chef's kiss. Yeah. I mean, it's an old yeah. fact that we happen to be discussing it right now. Yeah, it really is just spiritually appropriate. Oh, well, uh, two notes about this line before we move on. Sure. Uh, one, Wooper's shiny is Basically, well, so it started as a pink in gold and silver, and then it's kind of eventually faded into what Crayola would recently call flesh-toned. So kind of that, yeah, remember Crayola had a peach pink crayon called flesh-toned for the longest time. Like, yeah, Uh, we're less that one Crayola. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, Quagsire Shiny is very boring, and just that it's another one of those that goes from a blue to a purple. Like, we've seen this way too often, and it's kind of, you know, I'm tired of that. Yeah, it's a uh, you see yeah. a blue Pokemon and you expect the shiny to be purple. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and secondly, the Pokedex says that Wooper is coated in a poisonous film that will cause your hand to sting. And fittingly, it does in fact learn toxic. Yeah, so for once we mm. have some ridiculous Pokemon fact, or Pokedex statement rather, uh, that is backed by the moveset. I will, I will say though, for the shiny of this, I think it is perfect because it looks like and uh, how the hell, hell do you pronounce it? Axolotl. 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 It looks like one. Like because those are like pink, like that kind of just like uh, white people skin tone, white people flesh tone. Uh, that's what <laughs> they need to add to those crayons. Just go like jot it in. Uh, but it looks like that. Like I'm looking at a picture of one now, and it's like it is the same color. Like it looks like that. So if that that works for me. Like I like that the effect that you made an alt that kind of looks like the real life inspiration. Yeah. Well, you know, you know those little uh, squeeze things you get where it's got the, uh, where it's shaped like a guy basically, and it has the eyes and ears that kind of pop out as you squeeze yeah. it. That's shiny Wooper. So you're talking about, and oh, I thought you were talking about Quagsire for a second there, because I was just picturing you doing that to like a four foot tall salamander. <laughs> you're bugging out like a foot out of its uh, out of the side. <laughs> Quagsire wouldn't care. Quagsire would just be like. He's hugging me. 
I don't know. I feel like Quagsar, the weird, this is my Lovecraftian moment of the episode. Uh, you hug that Quagsire and it's so squishy and gelatinous that when you hug it, yes, it does kind of, uh, it, but you slowly get absorbed into its skin. <laughs> and it's just got a smile on its face the entire time. It's like we're looking for Michael and all we, as we're wandering through the Everglades and we see a Quagsire trundle off into the forest with Michael's arm protruding from its chest. <laughs> Quagsire weighs 165 pounds, by the way. That's a hefty boy. That's, that's a chunky lad. Yeah, he's probably, yeah, he's probably got a child in there that he absorbed. That's why he's <laughs> four feet tall. I weigh buck 85 and I'm two feet taller than that fucker. And that's with my quarantine 15 on top of it. But, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm ready to move on to our evolutions of the gen. Woo! Darling, if you want to start us off on Espeon and Umbreon. All right. Espeon is a psychic type and Umbreon is a dark type. And it's the first dark type of the games. And the only solo dark type in Gen 2. So only dark type with another typing. Yeah, so this is, we get to talk, go back to game mechanics that, especially game mechanics that were introduced in this generation, where uh, the night and day mechanic was introduced in Pokemon Gold and Silver, where these two guys premiered. And um, I thought it was really cool that, like, yeah, you got two new evolutions that reflected a gameplay mechanic that they wanted you to explore. Uh, of using time to decide when to evolve for each one. Um, and friendship. And friendship, yeah. Um, which I thought was just really cool. Um, I mean, again, I've, ha I've harped on about the fact that I think you can't just have a lack of friendship. I think you should honestly introduce an antipathy mechanic where if your Pokemon hates you, you get a certain angry-ass Pokemon or a Charlie <laughs> <laughs> If you train them too much without resting them or whatever, I don't know. But... Yeah. I feel like there had to have been a creepy pasta back in the day. Like there must have been some online rumor that like if you make a Pokemon faint a lot, uh, and then it really hates you, it'll evolve into this evil Pokemon or something. Like that sounds like the kind of thing they'd make up that people would make up on the playground. Yeah, and I mean I think so one of the things I like about Espeon, and I mean my love of Umbreon is just Umbreon is my favorite Pokemon, maybe ever. I mean Let's continue on this quest of podcasting through the Pokedex to see if I love another Pokemon more than Umbreon. <laughs> uh, Espeon, I think, is a is another exploration which sometimes simple is wonderful, and it's just a very elegant, simple design with not a lot of flourishes, but it just looks really cool. Um, it feels almost like something that you would see like coming out of the Feywild or something like that for a moment with like fairies and stuff. <laughs> like that. Mm. But I'm yeah, I'm a big fan of Espeon, but Umbreon just takes it for me. Uh, see, Espeon's like my guy. Like in in Sword right now, Espeon is my number two Pokemon. Nice. Uh, I nicknamed it uh, Xavier. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I have a psychic Espeon named Xavier, uh, and I like spent way too much time like trying to get it for like be a friend of it. Like I was like, how the hell do you do this? Like I want to get to Espeon, and it's just like, all right, so I have to like throw the ball to this. Fucking Pokemon, fucking Eevee. Um, oh, that's why it took so long because I was trying to do it with the Eevee that you get like early on in the game that they just like give you for having Let's Go Eevee. Oh. And I was like, okay, awesome. I, I'm going to evolve this like right away. And I did it for so long until I finally Googled it and like, oh no, that one can't evolve. What the hell, game? How was I supposed to know that? I wasted so many hours. I mean, I, I, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but enough that it was a no, and I was very frustrated. So I went and caught a new Eevee. 
for me, I, I've we've touched on the podcast before how when I was younger and was playing the games a lot more intensely, I was always like, what kind of idiot becomes a gym leader and just decides to stick to one type of Pokemon? Like, what a moron. And then now that I'm older, I'm like, no, I just really, if I had Pokemon, I just want fire and dark types. Like, they're the coolest. Um, I want to point out, you were planning on doing a six Sir Duck with Stick run of Pokemon Sword. So um, I might still do that and just, like, document it somehow. I don't know if I'm... <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to start a Twitch stream. I don't think I'm up to that level yet, but I may have to experiment with the uh, six Surfetch team Pokemon run. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, Fire and... So Dark types are already one of my favorite types, and Umbreon is just... It's not super... It's has the same effect of simplicity in its design. Like, it's just very elegant. I like the rings on its design. Oh, yeah. Shiny. The rings turn, like, a very light, kind of almost neon iridescent blue. So it just looks like the Tron Pokemon. <laughs> All about that. <laughs> oh, that looks dope. I just Googled it. Uh, yeah. Like Umbreon, like normal looks like cool. Like it's like solid, solid design. But um, yeah, I love that glowy blue Tron thing. I don't know if it's just these fan artists that I'm that like come up first when you Google it. But like, damn. Yeah, oh, no, it's a great blue. It's you say Tron. I go with Blade Runner personally. Oh really? Like, like, yeah, it's just such a great like icy neon blue. Mm. I mean, it just one hundred percent looks like it should be walking alongside Olivia Wilde's character from Tron Legacy. Which, <laughs> I, uh, this is one of my favorite questions. This is one of my favorite general questions to ask people about music: is terrible movie with a great soundtrack. Tron Legacy mm. probably. I've listened to the Tron Legacy soundtrack more times than I could possibly count. It's like my one of my go-to scores when I'm like trying to write. Oh yeah. Like That's I literally it. just put it on and like go to town. Like that and the social network are my just like Ooh. like tear into work with mm -hmm. like that going oh nothing else but those soundtracks. Yeah. I mean and I agree with you. I still listen to that album and it's one of the few albums I listen to front to back. Like I don't just pull out certain tracks from it. I will put it on just like you said and just right through it um but it's all but it's amazing that it's such a superlative soundtrack for such a mediocre movie like i will yeah. that the movie's not that great um, yeah i haven't really i've never seen man of steel nor have i listened to the soundtrack but hans zimmer's main superman theme for man of steel works very well it's all the inspiration that should be for a superman theme and has nothing to do with that movie basically that's yeah. another one that like i even own that score on vinyl Oh, wow. uh, and I've seen that movie maybe twice. Yeah, <laughs> kind of the other end of the spectrum, uh, genre-wise in terms of the sound, but terrible movie, great soundtrack, the 1990s Spawn movie. Like, I've regularly joked that I want them to remake the Spawn movie from the 1990s with the exact same soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> That's right good. Ground up, but you can keep... The, the Marilyn Manson uh, songs and the filter method songs. Those are all fantastic. Speaking uh, of looking like something out of the 90s, I just Googled shiny Espeon. Dear Lord. Oh, oh yeah. that's Blanca Green? That it looks like a freaking, it looks, it's neon. That's why I was like the 90s, like was like, this, this is the 90s right in front of me. It looks like it belongs on a pog. Uh, <laughs> like... <laughs> Oh, it looks like what radioactive ooze in the Simpsons games looks like. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, from the 90s, but yeah, yeah. great amount of booze right there. Well, as I said, Blanca Green. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. I, mean, I love this shiny just because, like, it's so alien. And I mean that literally in the extraterrestrial way. Yeah, it like, looks a like... a green man if it were a cat. Yeah, if it lost the ears, it would just be a, Mar- a, a classic Mars-looking alien. Yeah. Uh, let me let me ask you guys something because this this is like been a I, I think it, I, maybe it only really applies at least I mean you could always trade for this stuff but especially in Sword and Shield because it's pretty easy to go catch a bunch of EVs. Is there a negative to just like loading up your your team with just like all evolutions? Because you could just do like a you get Vaporeon, Jolteon, Flareon, Umbreon, Espeon. Like I've got, also, I've also got Leafy on in my team right now, but it seems like that gives you like a really good team because they're all pretty good. Yeah, Pokemon. I mean, there's eight evolutions. That's eight types that can give good type coverage. So yeah, I feel like one of them is supposed to suck in the mainline games. There, I forget which one. It's one of the original three that like huh. it's a meme on the internet. You do not evolve your Eevee into this one except to complete your Pokedex. I would probably guess Vaporeon. Yeah, I think so. Which, um, when I was a kid, was my favorite of the three, but like, also seems like a dud. <laughs> looking at, yeah. like, looking at the list of all all eight of them next to each other, I was like, man, Vaporeon looks kind of dopey and <laughs> and bad with that. Because then you got like, Espeon just looks like this awesome, sleek, like gonna mess you up, but like you don't know what to do about it. You just kind of freeze because like you're if you're like, maybe if I don't move, it won't hurt me. And then it just <laughs> destroys you without lifting a finger. Yeah, I would be more a fan of Sylveon, I think. I like I love Vaporeon. I love all I like actually like the look of all three from the first generation, but Oh yeah. But Sylveon to me just feels a little bit too much like it's Valentine's Day promotional material. Yeah, uh, the yeah. the bows and everything. I, we get it. It's a fairy type. Yeah, like, the bows I think are a bit too much. If you lose the bows, I'd like it a lot more. I think it actually has like an actual heart somewhere in its design. Uh, but let me double check. That. It might. Yeah, I mean, I looking at this, ar- the art that I that I happen to pull up, it it the bow ties. It's like it kind of evokes a heart, but does not. It's not. Oh, yeah. the face is a heart. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew that there was a heart somewhere in there, but yeah, it's a much more pronounced, like, brow that makes the face heart-shaped. So, yeah, I'm not... Sorry, buddy, your, your Valentine's a little Pokemon is <laughs> not flying with me. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. You could do an EV team um, and have a really ba- well-balanced team. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, Glaceon somehow gets overlooked in the whole EV thing, but that's another cool Pokemon. Have yeah. A, I'm trying to like because I I started filling out my team not necessarily with Eevees but like I was I wanted to do like at one point I was like I'm gonna do just like all puppies and kittens like all my Pokemon like as I I don't even remember what the hell it's called now because I I have the nicknames that I gave them in my head but like um the cor- like the the corgi looking Pokemon from the new game oh, yeah. Uh, yeah and then it evolves into something I just literally called Yamper. the y- Yamper. Uh, yeah, Yamper is adorable. Mine is just nicknamed Korg, like Korg from Thor Ragnarok, <laughs> uh, and that's like that's it's all I can think of. It's like it's Korg. What? It's like a Bulltown. Bulltown. That's what yeah, it was. It's, uh, it's great when you realize that you've become obsessed with a certain aesthetic, and you yourself become like one of the gym leaders or one of the like bug catcher NPC <laughs> battles. <laughs> well, that's sort of like what where I was getting to. Like, this is like from a game design standpoint. I feel like an Eevee gym 
would be one of the most interesting and most like dangerous gyms to have to go into because you have to be uh, prepared for everything. Yeah. Like they could, but it is themed the way a gym would be. If I was, let me put it there. If I was going to design a gym, I wouldn't go in on this whole like fire Pokemon gym or water. It's so easy to prep. You got to go in with this. T- but like, I get that like, the Pokemon League mandates some kind of like themed aesthetic so that they can be- better promote your gym to people and like people not need to know what they're getting nowadays. It's like a trailer for a movie. Like you got to give people something familiar to to lean on. I would go with an Eevee gym. Like yeah. really fuck with everyone that wants to come in there. Just like great i'm ready let's do this. wait what the fuck there's a dark pokemon and then an ice pokemon and then a psychic and then fire i'm not prepped for this <laughs> yeah where yeah. in most gyms you know you're just fighting fire types so you just lead with your main water type and just wreck the entire gym in a single run yeah you only need one pokemon to get through most gyms if you do it properly uh, but not oh, yeah. my not my eevee gym my eevee gym will make will stress <laughs> you the fuck out <laughs> Well, the best part is, like, since it is, like, limit of six at most, and even if you include Eevee, that's nine possible Pokemon that the leader could be carrying. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's a lot of preparation you have to do. You can't, you, you can't prep. Like, that's the, that's the whole point, is, like, it actually would force you to have to plan for anything. Like, you have to balance yeah. your team so that you yeah. can throw out, you're, you're ready for... I I had a I had an electric type, but then I threw Leafy on at you, and you're fucked. Hmm. Even more, even, to fuck with people even more. The gym leader, the six e- evolutions that the gym leader has should be RNG. So the gym leader could have any one. Oh fuck! Forms, but you only know, but you're gonna get a different six. Wow. Oh damn, that's like that's that's cold hearted, uh, okay. cold blooded. So you could even get like a normal type Eevee, which would be like, oh, wow. Um, Oh, yeah. I I actually think like that's even that's the the bigger that's the big Pokemon at the end. That's like the mega power one happens. It's just like a really powerful Eevee because it's normal. So you're not going to be able to throw any type matching really at it. You just have to battle. Yeah. Well, you've got fighting, which you would use also against Umbreon. But then Psychic and Fairy are good against fighting. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great idea. So Nintendo, you can just give me the new gym in the ne- in the update in the DLC <laughs> of the Eevee gym. That gym leader Zach. That is what should happen. Or if it's if it's my characters from Sword, it would be gym leader Doom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> gym leader Doom used Eevee. The name of the town is New Latveria. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all of my all of my char- video game characters and my 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 video game like uh, usernames are all, are all uh, either Doom or Voice of Doom, uh, it, which is a nickname I've had for like five years from uh, the Marvel podcast that I that I host. Nice. Uh, but it's just like I I always name my characters Doom. So like whenever I've I dress them in green in Sword, uh, so that it's just like it looks like a very young Victor Von Doom running around. <laughs> <laughs> in this Pokemon world, training these creatures. That's great. All right. Uh, before we move into our closing run of segments, uh, any last thoughts on our evolutions? Actually, oh, no. Question. Yeah, I've got. Um, 
What do you, uh, we always like asking different guests, if you could add a new evolution, what type would you want it to be and what would you name it? What type would I want it to be? Yeah. Um, I'm looking at all types because he, I, obviously it's got, it's got tones. So I feel like we're missing a ground Eevee. Mm. Like a ground Eevee is just like, you got, you got leaf, you got grass, but like, you don't have like a dirt base, like a, or rock actually. I'm gonna say rock, like a rock for rock-based EV, because that's a separate that's a separate type than ground. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A rock type would be great, like a literal stone, like not the Pokemon, but a stone golem EV. Ooh. Huh. Okay. Would be really interesting. So maybe like a slightly stouter take on the EV design, like it's a little bit bulkier, maybe. Yeah, like- it's bigger. It's it's got a lot of heft to it. Um. And it looks like it's just like a moving, uh, a moving piece of rock. I like it. But like, like a it. dog, like a puppy dog that's made of rock. It's I like oh, it. I just accidentally turned it into the dog from from Futurama. Oh, uh, <laughs> I turned it into Seymour uh, by accident. Found in the museum. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would want to see a rock type. Man. <laughs> what would I call it though? No, I need, uh, to, I need I a name. Gonna, I was gonna say Orion, like or maybe. Orion's pretty good. Yeah, Stonion's um, a bit too obvious. Stonion's too simple. Um, Stalagion? Nah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Orion keeps it simple, but Orion is good. Porygon though. Yeah, and it's already like it's the end of all of their names because it's like Vaporeon. Yeah, uh, but yeah. if yeah. you've got, hmm, I'm literally googling synonyms now. <laughs> uh, while we're googling that, I've got a few things I want to say about these two. Okay. Uh, first, so multiple Pokedex entries reference Umbreon being able to spray poison from its pores. However, mm-hmm. Umbreon can't learn any poison moves naturally. And also, I just want to point out why is it that we have multiple pseudo poison Pokemon in this first pandemic episode that we've recorded? <laughs> Well, because I think that's just kind of their go-to flourish for like, how do we make this a cooler, cooler biologically or zoologically? It's like, oh, what if we made it that it can like shoot poison out of like its uh, toes? <laughs> uh, second, so the Pokemon Company revealed their 2020 Pokemon of the Year results, and so this was the popularity poll. Umbreon came in at number five overall, the most popular Gen two Pokemon and most popular evolution. The rest of the top five, by the way, were Charizard, Mimikyu, Lucario, and then Grey Ninja at number one. I, I, I can I can agree with those rankings for the most part. Yeah. These two were also the players' dual starters in the GameCube game Pokemon Coliseum. So you started the game with an Umbreon and an Espeon. Is, yeah, I know. That's a dream, isn't it? I will. That is like, that's a heck of a way to start. Yeah, bit of um, bit of trivia for this podcast. Our original logo, actually, I specifically requested for our original logo that there be an Umbreon hidden in it. I mean, we've since changed the logo for the podcast, but uh, but yeah, that's how much I love Umbreon. That I actually wanted it to be a part of the podcast imagery. Uh, and, and just on origins, finally. Uh, so Espeon's obviously cat-like, but Umbreon, it's hard to tell what it is. It's, there's some theories like that it's based on the East Asian myth of moon rabbits which we can see that in the ears, uh, the Egyptian cat goddess Bastet, and of course the Aztec god uh, Tezcatlipoca, 
who's often described as having black and yellow stripes painted across his face, and jaguars were sacred to him. So another cat thing going on. I'm a fan of nice. all of that. Nice. Any, any closing thoughts before we move on? I did. I uh, So I think Orion ultimately might be the best option, but I will th- throw Boldy on. Ooh. <laughs> Just a, a big boulder. <laughs> and I'm realizing that I can also give you the, the shiny version of this Pokemon, too, because the shiny is literally just a walking diamond. Ooh, I, I was like, that. like, maybe it's kind of like, you know, when you see those like minerals where it's like rough rock on the outside, but then it's like a cut so that you can see the crystalline inside. Oh, it's um, it's like uh, a geode, a geode, yeah. geodeon. Uh. <laughs> it's a mouthful. <laughs> Uh, Mineralion? No, I think I, I like Boldeon. Uh, you spell it with or without the U, because I think just like being able to invoke the sound of Boulder into Boldeon is still really cool. Um, mm. I like that. And plus, it's like it's a it's a dashing sounding name. Like it sounds like a very gallant Pokemon. Yeah. Um, like it's gonna come rushing into like a castle to rescue. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we so we've talked about the Pokemon as they exist in their world. Let's take some time to talk about them in our world. Welcome to Monster. A celebration of the harmony between humans and Pokemon. This is my world. All right, uh, Michael, uh, this is the section where we talk about uh, what they, what we think these Pokemon be doing in the real world if they actually existed here somehow. So, Michael, what do you think these guys would be doing? Well, uh, to answer the question of how Espeon is psychic, which brings us to what it'd be doing in the real world. Uh, it apparently can feel air currents on its velvet-like fur and uses that to predict Pokemon's moves as well as the weather. So to that end, every weatherman would be using a Espeon. It's just like it's up on the roof instead of like the Doppler 4000 or whatever the hell they were using. It's like, <laughs> we got the Espeon 4000 up on the roof. Uh, those other newscasters are using level 40 Espeons. Our Espeon is level 85. <laughs> <laughs> Pokemon master for the weather. <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking of the Mean Girls uh, forecast where um, Amanda Seyfried's character said that she could tell, like, if it's raining because she's psychic. Mm, she has ESPN. <laughs> but I said that these guys just feel like they would be the partners of detectives. I mean, I know we have Detective Pikachu where we saw um, a snubble and a Detective Pikachu, but I think. Honestly, having these two uh, kind of foxy type of psychic and dark Pokemon would work really well in CSI investigations. Um, I, I feel like Umbreon is like a part of like more like black ops stuff. Poison gas from its mm. skin. Like that's like some chemical warfare stuff right there. <laughs> Being able to help you disappear and stuff like that. Makes <laughs> May just be the James Bond partner um, Pokemon. Uh, minority Report, except for its Espeons is the Precogs. <laughs> oh man! Although I do also see military use for Espeon, though. Although this is somewhat for like any psychic Pokemon, but Espeon does it in such a sleek, like effortless way. Of like you have like uh, you have a like uh, you have a spy walking through a military base with Espeon at his side just making it look like there's nothing there. Oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah, um I've, you've seen that in so many comic book movies of char- of like X-Men or or someone using psychic abilities to mask them from people's view, but Espeon just like it's imagine doing it but you have like this sleek looking cat dog creature like walking alongside mm-hmm. you. 
that's a that's that's a baller uh like action sequence i mean now i'm gonna think about the nickelodeon cartoon for the rest of the day now that you said cat dog but that's why i always think about evie i'm like is it a cat is it dog it's kind of neither and both at the same time i've always thought it's kind of like got some fox element to it as well I've always gone with, I've always aired on the side of Fox, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Fox is a canine. So it's like, to me, that, that falls in line as a dog, but it's like, it's got, it evokes both. It, like a little bit more of a cat like face with the shorter snout though. I totally see what you mean. Yeah. And especially yeah. Espeon with those big ears that stay up. That's, that's got cat written all over it. Yeah. And I mean, we've got a little bit more of a Fox like Pokemon in, nine tails and it's evolution and it's a pre-evolution Vulpix. like those are meant to evoke yeah and there's one in the current game in sword i don't know what generation it's from if it's new or not but it just is a fox oh yeah they've come back to uh there's uh fox in yeah there's a new fox in sword and shield they've introduced foxes in like the last few generations every so often in different ways so i mean i think it's a testament to how boring the front end of the pokemon today are that I don't think any of us have any kind of grand visions of what they might be doing in the world. It's um, just a dragonfly. It's just yeah. doing what a, a dragonfly does, which is like, nothing. Yeah, they're in fields and are dumb enough that they will just fly straight into your chest and then turn around and fly away. <laughs> yeah, that's except they're four feet long, so they might leave a. They might hit you a little. Yeah, they knock you over when they Ooh. do. But yeah, I mean, uh, so if we're done with uh, with talking about Mon's world, we can move on to Mon Mods. So Zach, this is a this is a section where we talk about one change that we would make to any of the Pokemon today, whether it's adding an evolutionary stage, uh, you know, changing typing, changing design. What do we think could improve a Pokemon today or a Pokemon family today? Uh, literally anything you do to Yanma. <laughs> uh, I want to see uh, those those little ear things that Whoopers got on Quagsire. Yeah, yeah, that's the change I went for. Um, I want to see this Quagsire a little bit more like an Axolotl. Like I just think the Axolotl works so well. I don't know why they changed it from Axolotl to just bland Salamander with Quagsire. Um, but I kind of wish they kept with that and done like the fluffier ears and everything too. Um, not just the little spines. Even if they're like drooping down, like they don't stay up anymore. Now they are like they're they're sagging, like so many things do when you get older. But they they're still there. They didn't just like fall off. Yep. Yeah, it is weird that they just drop that entire like. Yeah, I mean it's weird to me when they change from one species to another across evolutionary stages when they're already you know so many Pokemon. There's not any real need for them to do that when they could explore further in design. Um, but Michael, what are you changing? Uh, I feel like, as I said, Sunkern and Sunflower are just so boring. I feel like they maybe should play into the sun aspect and make it grass fire in some way. Like maybe make it more like an actual, you know, think uh, Mario Fire Flower kind of thing. Like it's a sunflower, but it does have a heat element. It does have a fire element. I just You just gave me a bit of inspiration here, and this might be my mon mod for the day. What about a third evolution where you play off the fact that I mentioned sunflowers do grow up to eight feet long? And so it goes from Sunflora to now an eight-foot-long grass snake with a sunflower head, where the sunflower petals kind of function also as a cobra hood. Right, then. It becomes sunpint. I like that. So it's like a... And then third stage becomes poison grass, which is fine because it's a viper now. It's a viper plant. Yeah, but we've had so many grass poisons. 
Okay, fine. Keep it. I was just going with the fact that it's a cobra. Yeah, no, I like the cobra bit, but I'm just like, we have so many grass poisons already, and we've got another snake coming up, another poisonous snake coming up in the next generation. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. Um, all right, well, those are the changes for today, but we can close off with my favorite section. Mon appetit. Maybe you'd like my personal crack medicine. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> section. That's the original reason why we started this podcast. Uh, we are going to talk about one Pokemon today that we would like to eat and how we would want it prepared. Um, I'll start off because mine is super simple. Unlike uh, other times where I normally go full meal or entree, uh, this time I'm going to say roast me up a sunkern because I love sunflower seeds. Uh, you know, season it up, make it a little bit spicy, and uh, I'll have a nice little sunkern snack. Or I wonder if they would pop like popcorn. Ooh. Yeah, sunkern just looks edible. It's also four. Yeah. It's it said it's four pounds. That's a hell of a good meal. It literally becomes a bag of like popcorn. Just <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's nothing else we could do with this generation, or rather, this uh, week's episode. Because yeah, Espion well, and Umbreon are too noble. Oh, Yanma yeah. probably like you know there are cultures that eat bugs, so maybe Yanma is some good eating. But yeah, I have to go with the seasoned suncrun as well. I, I was gonna Yanma say toss uh, cover Yanma in some some chocolate and mm. uh stick him in a box how big is he it's 80 it's an 80 pound dragonfly holy shit like i said that's what i was gonna bring up the chocolate covered uh insects thing like chocolate covered ants and all that stuff but then yanma is just way too big for that like you're basically talking about like that thorax is a drumstick god that thing would bruise you if you if it flew into you yeah yeah it's knocking you on your booty so it's a it's a big insect boy. That's why I said it reminded me of the dinosaurs attack, like that huge yeah. triangle hitting a dude's head. Holy shit! Uh, so yeah, so th with that in mind, I don't think any of them are necessarily edible, other than Sunkern. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a very strange day for uh, for Mon for Mon Appetit. Um, yeah, if anybody said they would eat Espeon or Umbreon, I hate you. Yeah, <laughs> we we don't want you here. Um, <laughs> please leave. But uh, that brings but that brings us to the end of the show. Um, Zach, thanks so much for coming on. I uh, really appreciate you making time for this. Thank you for having me. I, what else am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> Anything you want to promote, Zach? Uh, yeah, well, I have uh, I have a couple other podcasts. Uh, I host a, a ridiculous one uh, called Ships in the Night, which is uh, me and my co-host and a guest. Every week, we get together and we take characters from different fandoms like cross fandoms uh and we just we ship them together we make some some crazy fanfic love stories it is a filthy filthy podcast uh <laughs> absolutely r-rated but it's super fun we have done some pokemon stuff in the past i think the one that stands out to me is when we shipped ash ketchum and ash from uh evil dead oh wow that's beautiful. And got we we broke down their relationship and at, we aged Ash up. Eight, our our one of our phrases is eighteen for the purpose of the podcast. So we got Ash to college. They met <laughs> once it was in college, but and I believe there was a mix up in who the Book of the Dead, which Ash it was referring to, and they accidentally roped in Ash Ketchum, and that's how they uh, met. And then it was just it was off to the races from there. But yeah, that's called Ships in the Night. And then I also host a, a, 
a show called uh, Marvel Movie News over on the Popcorn Talk Network, where it's very self-explanatory. We just talk about Marvel movies and whatever's in the news that week and just get weird and silly with it because there's no news right now. But yeah, so that, that's me. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at that Zach Wilson. Michael, what you got going on, buddy? Uh, Animal Crossing. Good. Clean up your island. I've heard you have too many weeds on it. I'm hey, Meg and I are keeping part of the island natural just as, you know, a way to have a natural sanctuary for the insects and such. I actually ground my teeth a little bit thinking about that. <laughs> uh, so I also don't have too much to plug. I actually am because I think this is what's happening to everybody in quarantine. Um, I've been... Uh, toying around with finally launching a podcast, another podcast that I've been talking about with a friend, which is a uh, retros- retrospective viewing of Heroes on NBC, uh, where we're going to watch that. I watched the trailer for that show to pr- to like prep my mind for it, and just the first 10 seconds, I was like, oh, I remember this period of time where found footage was such a thing in terms of style. For <laughs> oh, yeah. So yeah, so look out for that. Um, we'll probably be releasing a pilot episode in the next week or two. Um, but otherwise, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Y underscore Baloo. That's W-H-Y underscore B-A-L-L-O-O. Uh, follow the Mon Men podcast at Mon Men Pod on Twitter. And uh, that's about all we've got for you. So, Zach, thanks so much for coming on again. We hope to have you on sometime maybe in the next generation. Uh, <laughs> when I but... know even less about the Pokemon that you're talking about. Okay. That's part of the fun. <laughs> thanks for having me, guys. Hey, yeah. Thanks for coming. All right, so once again, I am Yanal Blue. Stay safe out there. I'm Michael Darling. Thanks for being here. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? And what's on the other side? Rainbows are visions, but only illusions. And rainbows have nothing to hide. So we've been told and some choose to believe it I know they're wrong, wait and see Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection The lovers, the dreamers, 